Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Adoptees podcast. So today uh, I'm doing a, a single hander. It's just me for today with a short and um, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully useful tip for you. Um, tip that's perhaps underselling it. So today, what we're talking about is the one thing that your adopted child needs to know. The one thing your adopted child needs to know. And this is based on what I need to know, (laughs) what I know other adoptees have told me that they need to know, and what other adoptive parents have told me that they know their kid needs to know. And that is that, that they are lovable and loved. So your adopted child needs to know that they are lovable and loved. And I, there's a distinction now between lovable and loved. And I'm going to get onto that in a minute. But the first thing that I want to say about this is I use the word no. Your adopted child needs to know that they are lovable and loved. And it strikes me that I don't, I don't really mean no. I mean feel. I mean feel. So we're talking about here um, a profound, uh, what's called a, like a, an embodied experience. A lived experience, something with real, solid, firm foundation and depth. So this is the the ultimate, the ultimate foundation of self-esteem. Not self-esteem as in fake it till you make it. Who wants to deal with the fake, right? Who wants to feel like they're faking it through life? Nobody. When we think about it, we don't want to fake it. We want to feel it. So what do I, what do I mean by this depth? I'm going to play this in a couple of different ways because it's really important for me that you, you get this. So what we're talking about here is not um, a thought or a piece of abstract knowledge or a theory that's in our head we're not even talking about something that's in our heart we're talking something that's in our soul so this is or in our soul or in our bones get where i'm going with this it's it's not the head it's not even the heart it's the soul and it's in the bones so this is really profound and I'm over-egging it. I'm over-egging this. I'm over-egging it on purpose because I want you to get how much profundity we're talking about here. So let me give you another way of looking at this profundity. So imagine that you find out, you hear from your friend that your favourite restaurant has got a new dish and it's absolutely 
gobsmackingly beautiful is this new dish. So if you're if you're a, if you're a fan of Italian food, if you're a fan of Indian food, if you're a fan of Chinese food, just imagine that, that you've heard that this new dish, favorite restaurants got this new dish, and you can't wait to try it out. So on one level, you're hearing that this is a fantastic new dish. And so you you book your table, you have to wait a couple of weeks because it's so good at this restaurant. That's why it's your favorite restaurant because it's so good, it's so popular, it's so in demand. So you've got to wait a couple of weeks. And then you sit down, you see the menu, you read it. You read, you read the menu and you read this fantastic description of this new dish. So that's the next step. So you've heard it's a good idea, then you read it and it's becoming more live for you. It's more, it's becoming more real, right? Then after 20, 20 minutes, the waiter brings it out on, on, on this dish, right? So uh, it's none of that bringing it out on a piece of wood or a piece of black slate. It's just a simple white bone china because this dish is the star of the show, not the crockery. So you see it. So you've heard about it. You've read the recipe. You, sorry, you, you've read it on the menu. You've seen it. And, and then as, he, as the, the waiter brings it closer, you can smell it. And it's becoming more and more real for you. It sets it down in front of you, twists the plate, lines it up just, just so. And, uh, you know, your, your, your whole, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a, a sense explosion uh, going off for you. And then you taste it. And then you really get it. And you really get what your friend was talking about. So different layers of depth, different layers of depth to which you enjoy this fantastic new dish. It's an embodied experience. You don't get it in your head, your heart. You get it in your soul and in your bones. So that's what I'm talking about, about the profundity to which your child gets that they are lovable and loved. So I'm going to break this down into lovable and loved bit because I think um, given all the conversations I've had with, well, I mean, done 170 episodes now of the podcast. So most of those were adoptive parents on that. I had loads of other conversations with adoptive parents. They've got the love thing pretty much. They know, they know what that, that, that's all about. It's the lovable bit. It's the lovable bit that, um, that really counts. So how do we do that? Or why do we need to do that? Why does your child need to know that they are lovable? Well, it's because of this essential insecurity of the adoptee. We don't think we're good enough. And we have cast iron proof of that because, after all, 
our mother relinquishes, our birth mother relinquishes. And who does that? So helping your child see that they are lovable in their bones, feel it in their bones, is the exact opposite of this insecurity. One of the most powerful things that I've seen on my learning journey is that nobody thinks they're good enough, right? So adoptees, uh, no, nobody thinks they're good enough and everybody's got a different peg to hang that insecurity on. Everybody's got a different reason that they're not good enough. So um, it may be to do with our the way that we look it may be to do with our career it may be to do with something else that's happened in the past it may be to do with uh, uh, another our relationship like uh, you know that we we lost our first love there is a there is a reason that we or more than one often more than one reason that we, we feel that we're not good enough and we, we hang the insecurity peg on that. And what, so feeling not good enough isn't an adoptee thing. It's a human thing. It's, it's a human thing. We've all got it. We've all got it to a lesser or greater extent, but we've all got a different peg on it. And what happens with ado as adoptees is we think that we're not good enough because we're adopted. So if we, can, if we can see that this is a human thing, not an adoptee thing, and we can see that for ourselves, again, I keep on going back to this embodied, embodied felt experience, then we've got a chance of, 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 shaking, that, um, of shaking the foundations of that belief. We've got a, a chance of... I often talk about beliefs, um, beliefs like a, a snowball. It gathers pace. I talked about this in the weaker, the, the avalanche of trauma. And what we're doing is we're bringing the snowball into the light of awareness and the, the, and the, 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 the light melts, melts the belief. So if, if trauma, is a is a trauma ball is a snowball bring the light of awareness to that bring it out into the light bring it to the light bring it to the heat if a, a belief works in exactly the same way so it, it it's like um fungi and mushrooms that grow in the dark what we're doing is we're bringing this stuff into the light bringing stuff into the light and what what that means for 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 you is in in my opinion is it's a vulnerability thing so it's about expressing our vulnerability about not feeling good enough ourselves and us identifying the hook that we had that the, the hook that we hang that insecurity on and then explaining um helping the adoptee see that that's what adoptees that's 
Insecurity is a thing that we all have, not feeling good enough. All human beings have it, pretty much. They just have a different hook to hang it on. And what adoptees tend to do is they hang it on this relinquished hook. And it, it ain't true. So that's vulnerability, I think, for me, is one of the key, uh, key ways that we can challenge the, um, the not good enough given away myth um, with our kids. And it's tricky, this. I've given you hopefully a, some profound insights into the in, into what your child needs to see. I've set out one way of helping you see that. You know your child best. So what I'm what I urge you to do is to maybe do a take 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 five minutes, do a mini brainstorm and think of all the different ways that you can see, you can help your child to see that they are lovable. Maybe that put that down one, one side of the piece of paper. And then maybe another side of the paper is how you can make sure that your child knows that you love them. As I say, I think that that bit adoptive parents are, are strong on. And I just want to finish with a short story on that. Um, um, I was struggling a, a while ago. I was, talk, I was talking to um, a coachy kind of therapist type person, mental. And he said to me, I, it, I was having a tricky time at, at, at biz, uh, with business and, and with my dad who used to own the business that I then run. And this, this guy said to me, tell your dad that you love him. So I was seeing my dad that evening. I was, they used to look after our dogs while we were working. And um, I said to, told my dad that I loved him. And, and um, I, don't, I, I don't think... I was 40 odd. I don't think I, I did that very often. He didn't tell me it very often at all. I, I don't know. Um, he wasn't, he was from that generation that didn't do that sort of thing. So I told him that he loved, uh, that I loved him. And he told me that he, he loved me. He had to, he had to do it. That's what, that's what we do. Um, but as I say, that, them knowing, making a big distinction here. You loving you, you loving them is what you do. What we're talking about here is your adopted child loving themselves and seeing themselves as lovable. And as many different ways as you can think of for them to see that for themselves, I'd urge you to, um, this is a lifelong thing, right? Um, 
what one tip I would use with this uh, with this I would I often talk about this is I'd use gentle questions. So uh, if you've heard me say this before, I apologize, but what we're trying to do is draw and get the child to see something for themselves. We're trying to draw an insight out of them. We're trying to draw um, an idea out of the, the, the back of their brain into the front of the brain and make make them aware of this, right? And that's the starting point for it to percolate into the whole of their into the whole of their soul. Questions are the answer. Ask a question. A question ends with a question mark. The, the, the question mark looks a bit like a hook, and the question mark draws the answer out of the child so they see things for themselves. So this is a bit like, you know, um, when we're talking about influencing other adults, perhaps we 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 say, well, we get them to think that it's their idea. So that's what you've got to do here. You've got the you've got to get your child to see that it's his or her idea. So there's another phrase that comes to mind talking about this: telling ain't selling. So we try and push some information into somebody. Um, nobody likes this, right? And, and the information kind of bounces off. It bounces off. It doesn't, doesn't land for us. And what you want to happen is for this to land at a really profound uh, level for your child so that they feel lovable. This is about them. So I hope that helps. And... Uh, as usual, get in, get in touch uh, if you want any, um, if you've got any questions on this. Simon at thrivingadoptees.com. Speak to you all very soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.